If you've been out of business for a while and need to understand etiquette in the workplace, or you want to know how to better manage your time, then you need business etiquette. You're on a lunch date with a customer and you want to feel confident about dining etiquette and introducing your clients correctly to others. You also need business etiquette. This course also teaches you how to public speak, how to set your lifetime and daily goals, If you're in sales, this course and class is a must. We sometimes believe times have changed to casual, but casual does not mean non-professional. Our Champion School of Real Estate Etiquette course fills up quickly for people from all walks of life. The loud voices of body language, the slam dunk preparation for the job interview, the powerful first impressions you want to make with your clients, All of these are part of this must-take two-day course. It's through Champion School of Real Estate's virtual campus, so you can enjoy the course from home. The best $145 you can spend to get you prepared for your new career. Santa Maria, CEO, Champion School of Real Estate, the nation's leader in real estate education. Our goal is to jumpstart your career, boost your career to the next level, give you insight into what a career as an entrepreneur in real estate is all about. Real estate is the career of top producers, and we are always finding the creme de la creme or best in the business who openly share their steps to success. And they are always champions. What I'm going to start out with is going to be, I think, really motivational, inspiring information for new people. You started your real estate career at 19 years of age. Yes, ma'am. Tell us, what gave you that entrepreneurial spirit that made you want to be your own boss at 19, right after high school? Well, it didn't take much because I am very independent, I feel, and this business embodies independence. And you have to be able to kind of self-discipline. And one, I've just never been like to be bossed around. So I like to be my own boss. That is a super answer. (laughs) So you became your own boss because you didn't want to be bossed around. People are right now sitting in their chair or sitting at home thinking, hey, I don't want to be bossed around either. (laughs) No, that's true. But you also have to be very self-disciplined. So that's something that's important to note. While I don't want to be bossed around, I have to kind of be, I have to boss myself. I have to say, no, you slacked yesterday. It's time to get with it today. Or you have to pick up the slack where you, where you missed out maybe on the day before, or maybe the week before. Well, how very nervous you must have felt graduating from high school and then starting into real estate. We have another one that's in our first book, Adam Olson. And he's out of Huntsville. Adam did the same thing and uh, graduated from high school, said, I want to go into real estate. And he is a super success, just as you are. And I know that you've been in it for 12 years. And uh, the topic this morning that we're going to get into is brand new and ready to make money. I know neither you nor Will are brand new. But I know that you know how you got started and you're going to share those words of wisdom with each of us. So, Will, what motivated you to be your own boss and to jump into real estate? For me, it was the same as Nicole. I saw an opportunity and really um, 
the draw for me was no ceiling. So there's, if there's money to be made, I can go made it, make it. And um, we talk to our girls now already about, I don't have to sit around and ask for a raise. If I want to make more, do more, I can just go do it myself. I don't have to wait for anybody else. So for me, it was a big draw and the opportunity to create the lifestyle and freedom, flexibility, um, you know, in, in the midst of that. So, you know, we say that all the time that there's no cap on your income. And often people go, oh, you're just saying that because, you know, it's a great little thing to say and about being your own boss and being an independent contractor. But oh my goodness, at the end of the year, you get to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I did it, I did it. There was no cap on my income. I made as much money as I wanted to make. And then I literally tell people in my book, 30 Days to Success, go ahead and give yourself a little pat on the shoulder while you're looking in the mirror because mm -hmm. you did it. You were the success that you wanted to be. Now, I have another question for both of you. And I'm going to ask Nicole because she just most recently got her broker's license. And... Um, I know Randy Smith, our instructor in Dallas, said, you need to interview Nicole because she is so focused, didn't have college hours to help her out, and she just decided, I want that broker's license. Nicole, why did you decide to get your broker's license? And just tell the group how you made it happen. So getting into this business at 19, it was always a struggle with age and experience and life experience. So I just felt like I had always kind of had to battle that. So after a few years, I had, I'd been in the business and I was, I was doing pretty well. I had asked a couple of people about getting my broker's license. They told me I couldn't do it because I didn't have a college degree. Cause as like we said earlier, I jumped into it at 19. So no college, just, I mean, feet first, diving on in. So then I just kept going. I did my own research instead of just depending on opinions of others and realized that, hey, I could do this. I had kids, I got married, had babies. So that kind of, it put it on the back burner for a little while. And then in 2017, I think, 2018, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I applied with Trek. And then I realized I had 512 hours to take. And, and once you apply, you only have a year to get licensed or those you can start the application process all over again. So I talked to my husband, talked to my family, like, hey, we're going to do this. Like, I need your support and your help. And I really just wanted that, that elevated title because, again, I've always been battling the age and experience thing. I mean, I'm 32 now, so I don't really worry about that as much today but I really just wanted that elevated title. And hey, if I decided to go out on my own, I can do that too. Again, not having a, the boss of me. <laughs> I can be my own boss even more so now than I could you know, two years ago. So I think it took you 11 months to yeah. um, get your broker's license. Yeah. And during that 11 months, you were still working left and right as a real estate agent. Yeah. And most definitely you have children at home. So we know that's a possibility. You can do whatever you put your mind to. And you were doing schooling, 500 hours, plus being a mom, plus working. It's called being superwoman. <laughs> and <laughs> congratulations for doing that, succeeding with that. Will, what was your motivating uh, reason for being the broker of record for Indel real estate and wealth rather. Thanks for asking. Um, I <clears throat> got in the business in 2012 directly at my four-year mark. It was already a decision that I was going for and uh, the company I was working with at the time representing them as a buyer agent, an investment company said, hey, let's start a brokerage. So uh, my path to brokerage was always there. Me being broker record at the age of, I think, 32 was not a plan. 
Um, but I had enough smart people around me that helped me and we call it our, our circle of excellence. I had good smart people uh, walk me through the process and hold my hand and good relationships in the industry to say, hey, yes, you can do this. It is possible and we'll help you. And so um, for me, it's opened a, a lot of different doors. And just like Nicole said, um, people in outside of the industry know and understand what the word broker means. Um, and it is important. And for me, it, it's opened a lot of possibilities and opened a lot of doors. So I, we call it placing a bet. I made a bet that if I got my broker's license, it could open possibilities in the future. And so I would recommend it highly. And, and it has the bet, the bet paid off. You know, we always say the only designation the general public recognizes is broker. And when you still work for your company, of course, with a broker's license, you can open your own business, but most everybody, other than obviously you will, because you did it to open your own company, but many agents are highly recommended by their broker to get their broker's license because it just adds credibility. They stay within well, but next to their name, it says broker associate so that they have that credibility that Nicole also wanted to have. And Nicole also has her accredited buyer rep, her luxury home specialist designation, her new home uh, certification, her R-E-N-E. -E, and I'm just saying that because those designations, and I know, Will, you do as well. You told me even when my husband, Henry, who's in commercial real estate, was in Fort Worth uh, a couple of years back, he loved teaching the R-E-N-E -E negotiation course. And when you told me about that, I did go home and tell him, and he's watching today. So um, thank you for reminding him that he did pretty well with a, a student named Will Wright. But we have all those designations that are really for the agent in order to give them more self-confidence. Um, so thank you for both of you getting your broker's license and getting your designations at Champion School of Real Estate. So we've got a bunch of new people watching today. I mean, total, we're gonna to have over a thousand people that are watching you right now. And then on YouTube, of course, we'll get more. Can each of you think of just a couple of activities you did as a brand new agent that helped you get started? And Will, let's start with you. Yeah, great question. Um, I started uh, with Keller Williams. Was, which is a great organization. It was a great opportunity for me. And they were big proponents of affirmations. And I personally still am. We am I am with uh, my daughters as well. But I wrote two things on the back of my door that I had to look at every day that I went to work. And number one was, I'm the negotiation expert. And I read that every single day. And I took wow. Mr. Henry's class until I started believing it. And it radically changed the way that I do business. And the second thing I wrote was, I am the market expert. There are a lot of people that have been in this business 30 years, 40 years, but nobody can watch the market like I can or you can in real time every day and no statistics. Average days on market, active properties, sold under contract properties, average price per square foot, and average list of sales price. If you know those five things about every neighborhood that you farm, you are the expert and you are a, a step ahead of everybody else in the business. So those are my two things that really radically launched me up into the next level is reading those every day until I started believing them. Those are awesome. And I just want to mention to our agents that are watching, affirmations literally being, I am, I am. I am, and those are two great things to tell yourself because being positive with everything you do every day, we know works for sure. So Nicole, do you have a couple of suggestions for new people? What I did, I started out with a boutique brokerage in Deep Ellum 
And what I remember all those years ago was just really partnering with a, you know, a, a senior agent that had been in the business a little bit longer than me, obviously. And I just tagged along everywhere that she went. I was right there with her. And then also watching her and more observing the relationships that she cultivated over that time. So we might not have known anybody that was there that we were showing. Again, I started in locating. So we didn't know these people, but then at the end of the day, we did know them and we knew their kids or we knew their wives or their girlfriends or their boyfriend. And, and I think cultivating relationships for me is the most important thing because those are where you get your referrals and that's where your business continues to grow. So as long as you, you, you know, you focus on that circle first and then also get a mentor. I feel like that's number one, have somebody that can hold you accountable and to help you grow and to also show you the ropes. Cause that's, I feel like that's number one, whenever you're getting started. Excellent. I see Will was giving us a thumbs up on mentorship. Will, do you want to say a little bit more about mentorship or coaching or training? Absolutely. Uh, I joined a mastermind group of four other agents. I was the youngest, the junior by far, and I had to pay my dues. I opened a lot of doors for them when they were on vacation. I took calls for them. I put signs up, anything I could do to add value for the experience I was gleaning from the group. So I highly, highly, highly stand behind that statement, Nicole. So mentoring, meaning go to your manager, Ask them if there is a full-time experienced agent that you can just help. Mm -hmm. Certainly you're watching, you're listening, but if you offer your help, then they're going to also show you the ropes. And many companies have a full operational mentorship. We always tell our new students, be sure and ask when you're interview, interview with at least three companies be sure and ask them about their training program and um, and certainly use the word coaching, use the word mentorship. Do either one of you still have your own coach or an outside coach? Uh, either one of you, Will or Nicole? Um, I meet with my office manager twice a month just for accountability and he makes sure to, he always, one does the affirmations. He tells me that I'm doing great. If, 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 and then I am, of course, <laughs> but also just for the accountability part. And mm -hmm. I think that's essential. And what about you, Will? I had a corporate coach for three years and he was pushing 80. He had made his money in the industry. Uh, he had much more wisdom than I did. And it was less about production and it was more about getting out of my own way. I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs. I, I come from a wonderful family of successful people, but uh, nobody ever told me I could do whatever I want, start whatever I want, be as big or as small or as whatever as I ever wanted. And so I needed that coaching to, to get me just the opportunity to crack that door open and say, I can do it. There are bigger opportunities there that are for the taking and I'm capable of grabbing them. I think that mantra, if it's to be, it's up to me, is so very important when you are an entrepreneur, as all of you now, once you're licensed, and if you are licensed, you are your own company, you are an entrepreneur, and um, just having someone that you can just literally discuss things with, uh, get feedback from, we call them a mentor, we call them a coach, we call them your manager, trainer. And uh, that's why for our new people, we have an SAE course called Powerhouse Training that does the same idea. It's to help you remember how to make money. And that being said, what about doing open houses? In today's market with the pandemic, how do you all, are you doing open houses? How do you feel about that with the pandemic? Nicole, can you jump in on that one? Yes, I, so I started with open houses a lot. I had, when I was 20, I met with a builder and this was again, so this is 10, 12 years ago. I met with a builder and he had me doing open houses 
every week, both days, because that's what new builders, you know, require. And I'll tell you, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't like the idea of them. I don't love them, but they are really a great lead generation. I'll tell you the most recent one I did. um, I had a listing um, out in Frisco. It's a million dollar listing. And I got a $3 million buyer from that open house. So if that motivates you to, even though it's something that you don't necessarily love to do, or, you know, we all, we all have those little things that aren't our favorite whenever we're in our business, but I mean, that's where business blossoms. And I think, you know, even out of your comfort zone, get out there and do that open house or do, you know, your letters or your phone calls and it will pay off. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of open houses. And for me, I had to learn to play to my strengths. I had a buyer walk in early in my business and say, listen, on the phone, you are a bear to deal with. It's apparent that you don't like being on the phone. And now that I'm standing here face to face with you and spent the day with you, you're such a pleasant person. (laughs) And so I had to realize like my strength is face to face. And if I'm going to leverage that, then I have to do open houses to meet new people because uh, phone calls don't work for me. I, I, I still don't like being on the phone, but I'm all about face to face. So um, for me, it was a numbers game. Uh, when I started in this business, we had a new child at home. And so if nobody showed up, I enjoyed the quiet and silence yeah. of just being in a house by myself. Um, but, uh, to date I'm one for four, every four open houses I've done, I've got a successful, uh, buy off of it. So, um, and then a big shift happened later in my career where I quit doing open houses to farm for buyers, but there's a shift that occurred. Whereas I was doing open houses to show the neighbors I'm real, I'm legitimate. I'm doing more that's than putting a sign in the yard. So it was a big shift that happened in my career of saying, I'm not just going to wait for somebody to walk in. I'm going to throw a huge party and I'm going to let the neighbors know that I'm serious about selling this house. Smart, smart. We talk about that in Powerhouse and in 30 Days to Success that if you're going to spend the time there to do an open house, please prepare for it. And we talk about how to prepare for it. And what you just mentioned, well, is certainly what we need to do. Let friends, neighbors, everyone know that you're going to be there. Make sure that people have good information on the address of where your open houses are. I think it has been so interesting that in the last just four years, open houses are so huge again. Yes. And uh, we have apps where buyers can see all the open houses in an area in Frisco, Texas, or Fort Worth for the particular weekend. Um, I was doing a panel uh, last summer, actually, and it was a Gen Y panel. And one of our champion superstars from Katie said, from the day she got her license, she does open houses every Saturday, every Sunday afternoon. And obviously it worked because she was on the superstar panel and she'd been in the business for four years. So for new people, there are a lot of things you can do that don't cost money. They cost your time in order to move you to what we call marketing yourself. So what types of marketing works best for you, Will, and your company? Um, thanks for asking. I wanted to speak to the open house thing as well. During during the pandemic, we've encouraged our agents to pick every active listing in their neighborhood or in their farm area and do a video at least once a week of you walking through the house, holding your phone, get a gimbal. They're not that expensive. And just say, I am the market expert in Tanglewood, and I'm looking at 123 Main Street today, and they all follow along with me. And so because we have access to any house that's active, um, we should be driving that content to people saying, you might not feel comfortable walking in, but I'm the market expert. I'm here, and I'll do it for you until you're ready. And so that's been a big shift for us as we're pushing all of our agents um, to 
to post more content, but much like this video, be active every day in people's stories. I'm not a huge fan of video. I had to just embrace it. And my goal is to be live on Instagram stories and Facebook stories every single day. And it surprised um, the amount of conversations that happen with people outside of the industry and or clients say, hey, I saw your video about such and such. I'm interested in such and such. And so it's, uh, it's been our big push is get digital, get active in video. I don't care if you don't like it. Nobody does, but it matters. Well, you also mentioned that people see you face to face. They hear your voice, but they see your face and it works better for you. Mm -hmm. So the idea of video, we know that helps, that works. I love it when I see our agents posting on Facebook, they just sold a house because they are indirectly telling all their other customers or potential customers, I actually am doing business. I'm getting it done. Mm -hmm. So video, whether, however you post it out there, and as you said, this interview, we want you to put on your website as well. But videos work in today's world and social media works in today's world. What other marketing tips do you use, Will? Uh, that's been for your a company. Business. What works well for you? Yeah. So uh, the other thing that we push really hard is um, just like a language of sale idea of like, I, I'm your house guy. You've got one guy that fixes every single piece of your car, bumper to bumper. Um, and you're going to call your mechanic if your car breaks and I'm your house guy. So okay. it's training your clients and your network to say, I don't care if you have a broken sprinkler head, you need your house repainted, or you want to sell grandma's house because she's passed away. I am the one and only house guy that you know, you call me for anything. And if I don't have a good plumber, I want to own that call and I'm going to go find a good plumber for you. Mm -hmm. But it's just Excellent. coaching our agents to, to be yeah. the one call. I'm the house person. Uh, when you sign up with me, you sign up with an agent for life. And if at any point during this transaction, you're unhappy, tell me, because I don't want to do one transaction with you. I want to be your house guy. What you're actually telling me is you are huge on customer service. Huge. So tell us, Nicole, about your marketing and what works for you. If you have a niche. Um, I do a lot of social media. I feel like that's where we all are on all day long, no matter where we are in the world, people are on their phones, on their social media. I like to be very engaging. I include, you know, things about my personal life too. We, I have people, I do videos as well. Although I am like you will, I'm very uncomfortable doing them a lot of the time, but whenever you take people along on your journey, on your this is what I'm touring today. This is who I'm with, or I'm watching my kids play soccer, or you know what, me and my kids or my, and my husband, we're demoing a house today, or we're cleaning up this, or we're picking out tile, or I think just staying engaged with people in that way. And again, I reiterate with Will said, you are the house go-to person. People call me all the time and they may not have even been my clients, but they know this is what I do. And so they'll reach out. I have neighbors that haven't, I haven't necessarily done business with, but I'm like, Hey, let's go see a house that's in the neighborhood. And they want to come too. they're, they live in here and they're not my neighbor, but we also, it's a new house in the market. Let's go look at it together. So, you know, we do do that. And I think that's so fun. And I think just being like Will says, you are their go-to real estate person, whether they're buying or selling, that isn't always the case. Maybe they, like you said, they need a plumber. They had a leak, you know, they needed them. They want somebody to paint the interior or the exterior or a landscaper or a mowing, like a, a mowing. I just want to be that call. And so you got to put yourself out there enough to become their go-to person for everything that encompasses with real estate. Have you ever wondered what a career in real estate is all about? My 30 days to success workbook will teach you what an agent should do from their first day in business through their first 30 days. Everything from finding clients to setting up appointments 
to deciding what office to join and which type of real estate is good for you, be it residential or be it commercial. 30 Days to Success is a training manual for new people. If you are needing additional training in real estate sales, if your company training program is maybe needing improvement, purchase 30 Days to Success for $79, which includes the link to online training as well as the comprehensive 30 Days to Success workbook. business thinking back a few years back um how long did it take you to really start getting a lot of referrals or referral only uh, i know we do all kinds of activities to get our career jump started but our goal and hope is the phone rings we get an email we get a text oh well nicole i have a friend can you help them Tell our students about how long that takes. Nicole, do you recall how long that took before you got referrals? I think the majority of my business has always been referrals. Um, I've always, I don't necessarily bug people about their referral, but I'm like, hey, this is what I do. Please think of me whenever you think of anything house related. Um, when I was 19, we did a lot of online advertising. This was before Facebook advertising was really a big thing. But I, I really think referrals started to kick in probably in 2012 for me, whenever I got married and started really focusing on building my family. And then I realized something just kind of clicked in my head where, oh my gosh, this is so important. I have to work my sphere of influence. And I think that is the most important um, marketing you can do is the people that you know directly and ask for that and ask for their business and their and their referrals and what about you well when did referrals start coming in for you um that's a great question i i we have really built our business and our brokerage on relationships and i i'm going to be dead honest it's tough it takes a long time i don't think i had a closing for 90 days after i got my license um, and now, eight years removed from that, it creates a depth and loyalty in your customer base that's unmatched and, and necessary. I don't have a recruiter for our brokerage, and we're the largest independent brokerage in Fort Worth now, and it's wow. solely built on relationships. It's because people call me because they're happy with the service they get. It wow. is a long game. It does take longer, but it's way more fun. Um, to get a happy call from a friend than to get a, hey, can you show me this property right now from a stranger? Yes. Um, and so uh, my finance guy said, listen, if you can hang on for three years, this will be a successful business for you. And I hate to deliver that news to new agents out there. You can make a living in year two. You can make a career in year three. Year one, just, uh, just get educated. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it because we do pride ourselves on saying you're not going to be a superstar right away. If you were changing careers, generally, you would go to college for four years minimum uh, and or you would be involved as a tradesman watching someone for quite a few years before you basically uh, became your own company. So don't give up, don't get down on yourself. And we do say, gosh, the first two years, you're gonna be able to take care of bills, but after two years, your career then just doubles from what you did the first two year. And then as you said, third year, okay, you're in business. So don't be down on yourself. Um, allow that growth of your company to take place, that growth of you 
in your new career by doing what you said well, and that's education. Um, Nicole, do you have any thoughts on that as well? Oh, I'm big on, on education. How long it, it might take you to get involved as far as being full-time operational, or let me put it a different direction. Do you recall a defining moment where you realized you were in business and you didn't have to worry as much? Do you have that in mind? Yes. So again, being 19, I was doing a lot of apartment locating. And again, that was during a recession as well. So when and I realized probably year two or three as well, but year four, and that's when I was saying 2012. So that might be year. Yeah, that's my, that's year four is when I started getting those repeats business. So those people that were in apartments, hopefully I stayed in contact with them. Cause again, that's so important is to stay active in their lives. Those people were calling me to now buy a house, now to buy a home or, you know, th those things are just, I think year four, again, that's when I knew that I was okay. Those first years, again, during a recession as well, those were a struggle. I struggled a lot. I was at home. Again, thank goodness I was young enough and I stayed home. And then when I met my husband, he was still, you know, taking care of the, taking care of us and our family. But those years, those first years are a struggle sometimes. You just got to keep going and never give up. And that's how I was raised. And so I was just in it as and grinding as hard as I could. I want to ask, with both of you having families, both of you having great business, how many hours a week do you work? And do you ever take time off? Nicole, how many hours do you work approximately? Oh my goodness. I wish I'd done the math before we had this interview. Um, I mean, I work from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, honestly. And of course, it's not back to back to back. I do my most important thing is I'm there to pick up my kids from school. So I'm there every day. I pick them up from school and I'm sorry that that time is blocked. So it's very important to block your time off. What's important to you and what you're going to make work in this business, because people will call you all day long and they will, again, would however long you allow them to talk to you, they will. So I'm getting messages at 10, 8, 10, 10 PM sometimes. And sometimes that's okay. And a lot of times it's not. You just gotta, you really have to prioritize your time. I do take time off. I, again, I make sure I'm at my kids' activities for the most part. I don't want to miss them. My kids are still very young. So that's very important to them is to have me there. So they're um, six and seven and 12. And so I really try to prioritize anything that they're doing. I wanna make sure that I'm there. I don't take a ton of vacations, but I'm at every soccer game. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. It's so important to have that balance between personal life and business life in order to be a whole person. Yeah. And obviously you have your priorities and you stick to them. Yeah. Well, what about you and your family and business life? How many hours do you work? Do you take time off? Give us a little insight into Will. Yeah, thanks for asking. So for me, it's not time off, first time on. For me, it's a it's 24-7 on call. And so the communication that I have with my spouse, significant other, and my kids is we have a roof over our head. We've been given lots of great opportunities. And it's, it's up to me to be home at dinner every night at 530. And it's something that I stick to and communicate to my clients and say, listen, 5.30 to 7.30 is my family time. If you need me, text me, but the sky better be falling. <laughs> and if I need to hop back on a call after that, then I will, but I also communicate. Um, you know, if I get a text at 8 p.m., I say, is this important? Does this need to be taken care of tonight? Um, and let, uh, let the other person make that mental jump. Are, am I freaking out about this or can this be taken care of in the morning? So for me, much like Nicole, 5.30 to 7.30 is my time. It's my family's time. That all being said, I was on a call uh, last night during dinner while the deal was falling apart. And my seven-year-old was like, ugh, why do you have to be on your phone? And I'm like, listen, I love you. This is important to me to be present at dinner. And occasionally, 
um, I'm going to have to do this. And it's just, I can be at school to pick you up most of the time because I'm going to have to take a call during dinner. Yep. I so love it. Communicating with my clients, my expectations, my family's expectations, and then back to my significant other and kids. Here's the trade-off. Here's what you're going to experience. Talk mm-hmm. to me about it. You know, don't pretend like it's an elephant in the room. So, Will, was there a defining moment for you when you realized, you know, I've got a good business and I feel like everything's going to be okay? That's such a great question. I feel like it happens weekly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Nicole, you mentioned you're 32 and I'm like, I'm 37. I still feel like a child. I feel like I I feel like we get to have an insane seat at the table um, that our input people ask about and that it matters and they take it seriously. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that do what, what we do, Nicole, that are in their fifties and sixties that we get to play ball with. And this is a great example, Miss Santa Maria, just the opportunity to say, Hey, where are y'all at? And so I would say there's been those that happen regularly and it will keep happening and you will keep finding surprises in little ways of like, oh, this is serious. Like what I'm doing matters and people are watching and it's, it's still shocking eight years in. Yeah. Okay. Well, I told you, call me Rita. Everybody calls me Rita. You are so sweet. That is so kind. Um, So let me just ask, what advice would you give to some of our CE people that are watching today that are maybe middle of the road income and they would like to possibly raise their income level a little higher? Are there any activities that come to mind that you feel and you have found have just really helped to keep your business going forward, rocking and rolling? And if so, what would you share with those middle of the road producers, Nicole? I would say go find a listing agent that has a luxury listing and do that open house for them. One, they're probably busy as well. And so they would love for you to get get in there and do an open house for them. Because that, again, is where you're going to find some really great leads sometimes. And again, if they're coming into that open house that maybe above what your average is, chances are that is where they are. And that way you will find a buyer in the next price range up. So I think that's really, really important. Again, open houses have never been my favorite, but I do do them and I do know that they produce great lead activity. So again, get in there um, and do those open houses in the next price range that you'd really like to be in, or at least to increase your average. Well, any suggestions? Yeah, so um, I agree with Nicole. Get get out there, get in front of people. Um, here in our office, we call them placing bets. Have six marketing arms at any time, track them for six months and do them religiously without fail day in and day out. And then at the end of that six months, decide what worked, what didn't work, what was a colossal waste of my time. I get tripped up on, I'm going to do this. 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 Decide what those six bets are for that time period and lean into them. So one of my biggest ones is, um, I forget the name of the book. It's like a year of thank yous, but it's it's trying to write five thank you letters uh, a week, handwritten, mail them out, mail them to different people. And it's that simple touch that the next time you run into that person face-to-face, they're going to have an instant different approach. They're going to have an instant different feel from you because you reached out and you cared. You took the extra step to make it personal. And I ran into somebody in College Station on a road trip last month who was an old mentor of mine. He probably didn't remember me at all. And uh, I came over, I introduced myself and I just said, thank you for guiding me in the past. 
And I showed up to work on Monday and he had found me online. This guy is like 88 years old. He had found me online and mailed a handwritten note to me to say, thank you for coming by his table. And in my head, I'm like, it just meant the world to me because I thought it was a chance meeting in a one-time conversation. And it was that extra touch of like, man, that guy took time to find me and to tell me he appreciates me. And it, it meant the world to me. And I want to give that to our industry and to our clients. Wow. It just says volumes for how you feel about people and how you appreciate things. And I saw Nicole shaking her head yes to the handwritten notes. Did you want to add to that, Nicole? I love handwritten notes. And that's something that I really do incorporate into my business a lot. Um, I did a little bit of slacking during the pandemic, but I also love to send out birthday cards. People love that. They love to feel special on their birthday, like we all do. And so just a little happy birthday card for us, like it takes, I don't know, two minutes to write it in a, in a, in a happy birthday card, but to mail that out and for somebody to receive people love that old fashioned mail. It's not always about sending a text or the little confetti balloon text that you can send, write a handwritten note. It's personal and people love it. You would love it. So if you would love it. Yeah, go ahead. Will. There's also a company online that'll do it for you. You upload a picture and they send like a little box with treats in it. Um, but I found if I go do something with a friend and I snap one picture, I'll print the picture, send it in the letter. Hey, what a great weekend. I can't wait till we get to do this again. How cute. Um, and uh, it's it's those little touches, like you said, but this, the birthday is a great one. I, Guys, I don't know about women, but guys are never, ever, ever get to hear, you deserve to be celebrated today. Mm -hmm. And it means a lot to people. Yeah, it does. You know, what I love that both of you are stating to so many of our viewers today, our students and customers, is you don't have to have a truckload of money to start out and do the right thing and build your career. Anyone can get birthday cards and get your center of influence or just people that know you get their names, their addresses, their emails all lined up. And you can find a reason to send five handwritten notes out a day. You can find a reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned something else, Will, that I hope everybody picked up on. And that is in today's world, we take a gazillion pictures with our phones but do we ever go and print them out? And to be able to have that memento and slip it into a card, it costs what? 39 cents at CVS or Walgreens to print out a picture and uh, you're in business. So let me ask you this as we start to wind down just a little bit. Um, what is it that you love about real estate, Nicole? Oh my gosh, the list is endless here. But I, the favorite, my favorite part would have to be the relationships that I build with people. I honestly, I've, I tell clients all the time that they might not be my personal friend in the beginning, but I like to say that, hey, look, you know, you have your family and your friends, but we're the family that you choose. Those are by blood, your family's by blood, but you're me as a your realtor, I'm the family that you choose. And now you're stuck with me. And so I usually love my people at the end. And I'm like, I miss you. I miss hearing from you every day or having to, you know, do my calls every day with them. But, you know, I just love the people. I love the relationships and I do love the homes and all of those beautiful things that we get to see every day. But I just, I love my people. Wow. Definitely a people person for sure. And you need to be a people person. Will, what about you? Uh, the people, absolutely. And the fact that real estate, we look at it like a wheel. There's a million spokes in the wheel. It's all called real estate. And like you've mentioned, uh, Rita, there's a million ways to make money in this business. So your license and your broker's license and any other licensing and education you get feed into that. And so um, for us, uh, my license was a key for my retirement, for my relationships, for my, you know, own sanity, for, for so many different things. It has opened a myriad of possibilities 
for my fam family to be financially independent, for me to be independent, mm -hmm. and um, for me to look at it kind of past buying, selling, buyers, sellers into this industry. Um, and it's been an incredible opportunity. So, Will, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oof. Um, that's a good question. For me, there was a lot of paralysis by analysis of like, I don't know what to do. What, what the heck, you know, do I do in this situation? And I'd freak myself out. And what I had to learn to say was, I don't know. And I'll find out. Hmm. And I had a hard time saying, I don't know how to answer that question or let me get back to you about that or let me make sure we're, we're, I'm on the same page with my broker. So with me, it was be, being okay saying, I don't know, and I'm still the expert and that's okay. Nicole, what about you? What advice would you give to your younger self? I would definitely agree with Will in the regards to not knowing things. Again, I was very young when I got into this. And so I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of things about being a grown up when I got into this business, much less real estate. <laughs> so just finding out the answer, I, I have no shame in saying, you know what, I'm really not sure, but I will find out and I will find a solution. So I think being solutions driven in this business is super important as well, because we're going to come up with a lot of, or come up with a lot of obstacles that you have to get over and a lot of hurdles to close a deal. And you better get in there and fight for that deal or find a solution to make everybody happy. Cause that's a, a lot of times what we have to do, or at least the illusion that people are, everybody's going to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I would say never give up, cultivate those relationships and stay in front of people all the time. Do you want to know what successful people in real estate do every day? Learn the how, the why, the what of their daily success by tuning in to our Champion School of Real Estate podcast every week. Every Wednesday, we will add new insights to elevate your entrepreneurship and help you make new breakthroughs in your business. You can do it. We can help at Champion School of Real Estate Weekly Podcast.